Alright y'all come on in, take your shoes off, sit on down. Y'all listening to In the Corner, Back by the Woodpile. Fun Counter Guy, thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk about a spiritual group called Falun Gong. If you're not familiar with the organization, they are most often recognized by the uninitiated as the group of people doing forms of stretches and exercises in public parks throughout the world. Though that would seem innocuous enough, the Falun Gong are a severely persecuted people in the People's Republic of China, where the practice is highly illegal. I had a chance to speak with an American Falun Gong practitioner in southern Indiana recently, whose name we will withhold, and she explained to us their history and philosophy, the depth of their sufferings in China, and her own personal experience with the faith. Following that, we will chat with a Chinese national who has a family connection to Falun Gong from China itself. So first of all, for folks listening who have no idea who uh, Falun Gong, who they are, how would you explain who they are? Well, it's a Qigong Meditation exercise is based on truthfulness, compassion, and forbearance. It was brought out to the public in 1992 by Shifu or Master Li Hanzhi. He started publicly teaching it throughout China for two years, and then it became very, very popular. Millions of people were practicing it across China, and all walks of society, from high officials to, you know, peasants mm-hmm. on the street. They would be practicing. And then it was spread to Europe and the United States, and now it's practiced over 100 uh, countries around the world. So it's a kind of an exercise slash meditation, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it has four exercises and one sitting meditation. And often you'll see them at public parks. Yes, we normally practice the exercises outside. It's open to the public, and it's just a beautiful way of... Uh, retaining your health or getting relaxed and being able to get in touch with your true voice inside yourself is what I found. Yeah, in China, you would think, or any country, that the the three principles would be conducive or nobody could have a problem with that. But in China, the Communist Party has a big problem with Yes. Falun Gong. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Can you, expl- can you explain why? Okay. So in ancient times, China was actually called the land of divine, and there was beautiful divine-inspired culture, and this is part of that ancient culture. It was just publicized recently in 1992, and part of this semi-divine culture is truthfulness, compassion, and tolerance. It's kind of universal principles. Right. And so the Chinese Communist Party take that as being part of, you know, of the ancients that they actually, since 1949, have tried to just, like, completely wipe out. However, interesting enough, like you said, any country would want to have people practicing the meditation for good health and also the principles make you become a better person and that's exactly what was going on in China there was a transformation in the early 90s 
where people were practicing this on a large scale. And like I said, even high officials were practicing or managers of factories and people working in the factories. And the morale was getting higher. It, it was just a really special period of time and for China to have the principles come back after from 1949 to 1992, right? Um, <clears throat> to have it come back and revitalize uh, their traditions. And so that's why it just caught on like wildflowers, especially with the elderly. It was celebrated by their government even. They were honoring Falun Gong originally. It was in the magazine, like they're, they're saving so much in the health costs. But then, you know, when the popularity came along, Jiang Zemin was the dictator at that time, above the Communist Party themselves, to outlaw and to really full force completely destroy people and have there be an enemy of the state, so to speak, in his mind, overnight. And then not just them. You're not just talking about the people who are practicing it. You're talking about their family members. Mm -hmm. Their family members are at risk. So it began in like 1996, I believe, where there was a magazine that was caught saying something negative about Falun Gong and so some practitioners of Falun Gong just peacefully went and inquired, where are you getting this information? And, and it just kind of escalated where, you know, obviously it's from the government because it's government-run media. And uh, so... This is one of the most highest a misconception among the Chinese is two big things. One is during 1999, they asked, what can we do? Just like the college kids, what can we do? Because they still love their government. They, they believe in uh, their government. And they were just asking, what can we do to help clarify that Falun Gong is good? You know, because there must be some misunderstanding. They said, well, you need to go to Jiangnan High. So they called one another, and out of millions, only 10,000 showed up. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like a big number. Right. But it's the same equivalent as us going to Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to voice our opinion. It's okay. But in China, that's unprecedented. Mm -hmm. Unprecedented. Mm -hmm. And what's amazing was the premier came out and spoke and came and invited a couple of the practitioners inside. They left. And the talks went okay? Talks went wonderful, actually. He said, there's no problem, you should go home. And then it got to John Zemin's level. He took it upon above the even the Communist Party members. Politburo? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was even above them because some of their wives were even practicing Falun Gong, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> and John Zemin is really the, the key culprit of possibly millions of people being murdered. Well, let's talk about that. How has it manifested? Obviously it became illegal almost overnight. Yes. Like and I said, yeah, it, it just, overnight, right. we were, I consider we because I, I'm not in China, mm -hmm. but they're, you know, they're people. They're mm -hmm. part of the human race. So mm -hmm. they're, you know, and also I practice the same thing that they do. Mm -hmm. So we were immediately considered bad, wrong, mm -hmm. and terrible. <laughs> 
What were some of the examples of persecution? At that particular time, you know, I started in 2000, a year after the persecution started, and I was in Florida. There's a website called mingwei.org, E-N dot mingwei.org, or clearwisdom.org means clear wisdom. Excuse me, and that's how they would communicate around the world. It is a media that's based on facts of how people have been persecuted. Now, were they also like forced to be organ donors, I think? Back in 2006, they've uh, realized there was an escalation of organs being uh, transplanted in China. I mean, it is kind of like came to a head where they, what? And it came really out in the open that from the beginning of the persecution in the early 2000s, the transplantation of human organs were largely different than the numbers that they had before. But where are they getting these organs? And so there was a couple of, at least two investigations going on. There were one from Canada, and I forgot where Ethan Gutman is from. <laughs> I think he might be American, but Ethan Gutman's one, and there's the two Davids. The Davids and Goliath, is that what, that's what they are kind of nicknamed for. And they found out that there's more and more evidence that this is indeed happening. It's not just rumored. But this is not something that they started just when Falun Gong was being persecuted. This is something that they've been doing for a long time. With any prisoner. With any prisoner. And then when you have so many people being in an area, they're just testing your blood, testing your blood tissue type. And, you know, while you're being tortured, they would test that kind of stuff, test your organ uh, functioning scale of your cornea and your liver and all these things, but then they would still beat the crap out of you. So it was really confusing to these people why you're testing my vital organs. So I assume that they were taking organs that you can't live without. Yeah, that people would die in the process. And the right. eeriest thing is they die in the process. I mean, that's their form of torture. death yeah. and torture. Yeah, um, and it's done by people who go across the world to get an organ because their loved one needs an organ and uh, you can get one within two weeks time that's what they advertised you so now there is a study that's um 60 to 100 thousand a year have people have died wow. that's okay. a lot yeah recently there was a resolution passed unanimously by the government of the united states that says that we should stop this from happening mm-hmm. so it's not illegal to buy an organ from China? We don't have that in place, but Taiwan, mm-hmm. which was very daring for them, mm-hmm. has set in place that don't go to China to get an organ. Mm-hmm. Israel mm-hmm. has said, we won't pay for your insurance if you go to China, and we do not encourage you to go to China. And then Australia is the same way. Right. And I know that it was passed unanimously in Australia and in Canada and in Europe recently too, mm. um, that we should not be going to China to get an organ and things like that. So how did you personally get involved in Falun Gong? Well, I was in Florida, and I was a nanny, and I was studying yoga, or yogi, and I was contacting a bookstore, 
called Spiral Circle. I was interested in some kind of spiritual method of some sort to help explain things that have happened to me in my life. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to be in touch with the divine as close as I could. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of changing my way. So when I went to the Spiral Bookstore, every once in a while, I would meet new people. And uh, it was ironic, I was trying to find an iridologist. I don't know why, I just wanted to find an iridology is like a person who studies the eye. And they can see something, if something is going on with you biologically, it'll affect the eye color. I'm a recreation therapist, so I was really into natural health and I was getting sick. And I was wanting to really help myself physically. I I didn't have my cycle on the cycle for three years because I just refused. I didn't want to just take the pill to Mm -hmm. help do, you know, Mm -hmm. um, do that superficially. And um, I had so many pimples on my face, you cannot see the skin on my face. Wow. And I was 24 years old. And my arms and my legs, they hurt like fibromyalgia or something. It was like in the muscle and it would go numb for no reason. And I was like, what is going on with me? You know, I'm a young person. And so I thought, is this from stress? Because I I parted from my family and my, my friends here and I really wanted to change. I was a party girl, so to speak, mm-hmm. when I left. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I know this is not for me anymore because really amazing things happened to me. Now I feel more self-confident hearing this voice inside my head that, you know, girl, you need to go do something else. You need to start doing something better for yourself and you need to seek what you want to find inside your heart. And so that's where I was like at in Florida. And so when I went to the bookstore again, there was this iridologist and, um, she was trying to show me some stuff in a book and things like that. And I was trying to explain to her where my heart was at that time. And, and she said, you know what? I think you would like this. And she said, come here. And she introduced me to this guy named Kay. And he looked kind of like a martial artist or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, hey, you know. And he was bringing up Falun Gong. And I thought, wow, this is nice. Truthfulness, compassion, forbearance. Cool. Left it on the shelf. And I was like, okay. I think I'll just uh, try to go to that next time whenever I have the chance. And then finally I went to the park and did it. And that's where I'm okay. I was at the park and I learned the exercise. After the class, I was thinking to myself, because I, I thought, God, I hope there's some place somehow where I can just get past taking cranberry supplements for this, taking mm-hmm. that and this, da 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 da, da. There's got to be a way where you're really so in the Tao or the way that it's kind of taking care of the body and healing the body mm-hmm. through virtue mm-hmm. and just balancing that, you know, because I think a lot of it for me was stress but caused by a lot of guilt that I was feeling because I knew that I was taking myself down a wrong path for a while before I left here. And so I was dealing with all that, and then when Falun Gong came, and then he was just like, what are you doing? Because we went to this Vietnamese grocery store afterwards, and I was like, well, I like to eat this, but this has this much sugar, and I don't think I can eat that. And he's like, you don't need to worry about that. You know, and I was like, really? Because this is exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. And so the one of the most biggest 
misinterpretations that the Chinese might say is that, oh, you're not allowed to do, use drugs, you know, to help yourself. But that's not the point. I mean, if you're dying or something, mm -hmm. you know, you need to take care of yourself. But right. the, the, the whole thing is like, this is a natural way to heal the body, you know, mm -hmm. and I mean, the mind and the matter are pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're connected and, and there's, there's a lot. So much evidence out there, obviously now, but I mean, back in the early '90s, wasn't so much, you know, known. But it gradually kind of gotten to the point with our education now, you right. know, in science and all yeah. kinds of ways that we can pretty much understand that now. So it's becoming more mainstream. And so, sure enough, of course, I got my cycle back, my face. It was just like clearing up, clearing up, clearing up. What specifically about Falun Gong helps your health? Okay, so the meditation exercises. Mm -hmm. When you do the standing like this, like I can feel it right now, like it opens up the acupuncture points, if you will. Mm -hmm. Those channels that are blocked, uh -huh. they become unblocked. That's amazing because I don't so like needles. So just Qigong alone was making you feel a whole lot better. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. Okay. And meditation itself helped me focus. And you're like, you're nervous, whatever, you know, really, because I, I admitted I was nervous. Because, you know, this is part of me that I know there's a child in me that never grew up mm. that... Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe always will be ADHD and so I have this feeling like I still have it you know I had it so bad you wouldn't want me to be in a car and driving mm -hmm. and I couldn't focus that well to read even mm -hmm. the meditation helped me overcome the attention problem because in John Fallon the teacher Alejandra he says when you have your mind clean and clear basically you don't have any negative attachments and you can see that and you know the books from the Tao or whatever, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, when your mind is calm and clear, you naturally are able to be more content mm -hmm. and your attention is there. You don't have all these little nitpicks of what I'm supposed to be doing now right. and fear and all these other right. things that interfere with your main consciousness being present at the moment and being real. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm becoming a genuine person. I'm overcoming jealousy, trying to. I'm overcoming, mm -hmm. you know, fear, um, I'm overcoming negative habits, and then when you become a genuine, clean, and clear person, you're not only becoming more attentive, but you actually feel like you're connected with the universe. And it's a wonderful feeling, so there's a sense of calmness that you get, that you you can't get it from a box. <laughs> you know? What we do when we meditate is empty the mind consciously. Mm -hmm. And so if the thought pops up, you think to yourself, is that my thought? Or is that a notion I got from my history of being in this world, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and is it a good thought? Well, then, you know, you can keep it and it's fine. If it's a negative thought, it's got to go. Right. And you get to become more control of yourself. So it's basically that's what you're doing when you're meditating. I know there's forms in, I think, Buddhism or Tibetan, which is wonderful. And it's basically the same thing. When you're praying the rosary, even, you're really praying and focusing on not just so much on the words, you're just repeating things over it. It creates maybe energy, you know, and it's the same thing if you can get to that point. Of course, the, the Communist Party has labeled them a cult. Of right? course. Right. As if they know what religious cults are. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. Like everyone can tell. Because they, they created one <laughs> called communism. But yeah. anyway. Yeah, that's true. In your mind, is it a religion? Or? People can consider it a religion because in the Western Hemisphere, that's unless you consider the Tao like an individual person on their own kind of 
cultivating their heart and mind nature, or mm-hmm. xing xing, that's what it's called. In mm-hmm. That's what we're genuinely doing. We are returning to our true selves by practicing the principles of truthfulness, compassion, and forbearance. You know, Shi Fu, the master, is what it means is father, teacher. And that's how I consider him, is he's my father or teacher, because I, I do follow what he says in the book mm-hmm. on a daily basis, and I feel like it's guiding me. What he put out there is guiding me, but it's all very individualized. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, we have a class here, we get the, the people who practice here, we do the exercises and things like that. No one's ever paid me a dime to have a class. We don't have a place to worship. And there's a difference there, you know, mm-hmm. in religion versus self-cultivation. And so, that's what it is, self-cultivation. Right. So, but, you know, you can consider religion because it's got the same goal. <laughs> Back to Falun Gong in China. Since the crackdown, and since it became illegal, a lot of the leaders and practitioners have had to go into exile or hiding. And I know that like in Taiwan, Southern California. Here, um, Indiana. And I know that they have, like, is it the Epoch Times publications? Mm-hmm. That There's the New Tong. Uh, Dynasty. Yeah, they have videos on the internet. And they're definitely a watchdog, especially with uh, some of the nefarious deeds of the Communist Party. Yeah. Personally, I mean, I guess you're involved in the local uh, Falun Gong club, so to speak. What do y'all get up to politically? I mean, how does that manifest? You know, like I said earlier, I was a reporter, and I got to uh, report for Epoch Times uh-huh. for a while. So I, I became a person who couldn't read very well to a person who can. I, I, talking I, about Chinese? I, I, no, I'm talking about English. Oh, but English. I mean, I, my, oh, okay. I mean, I couldn't focus to read. And, oh, I see. To becoming an avid reader uh-huh. and a writer, because again, my mind became more present. But one of the things I've always been kind of good at in my mind, my mind, uh-huh. I'll put that out there, is that I, I like people and I like to talk to people. So I just interview people mm-hmm. about, you, you know, things that are uh, happening to mm-hmm. them in their lives. Like I, I called somebody from my very home and had it recorded so I can remember it, I think, and with their permission, about this guy that's from Madagascar who's discovered a new lemur. Because it's like... It, the Epoch Times is not just a human rights paper, but it is a mainstream newspaper now. But the main reason why they had the paper started in the first place, it was created by uh, some people in Atlanta, I think 2002, somewhere around there. It's because there was nobody reporting the situation in China at all. Mm-hmm. And, and then even the United States papers were reporting the same thing that they heard in China because they had no other... Uh, information at large to to uh, compare it with or mm-hmm. to research because it was just not there in a, in a, in a larger sense. Mm-hmm. So that's why we did that and it's still going on. It's a daily printed paper in, in New York and it's actually the largest distributed Chinese paper in the world. Now. Right. I think you often it, see it like at Chinese restaurants. Here. Some, yeah, yeah or gro- here. the grocery store. Yeah. yeah. I remember this one time, um, the one of the Chinese grocery stores China Little, and this was back like 10 years ago or so, mm-hmm. and um, th- this is how it's done. 
like individualize one-on-one passing out flyers to people all, all over the world especially Chinese people um, to let them know hey you need to understand that Falun Gong is not what the Communist Party says and the Communist Party usually lies mm-hmm. about what they're talking about so mm-hmm. be careful and while you're here in the United States please be able to utilize the the free internet that you have that's not blocked mm-hmm. you know to find out for yourself if you don't believe me so this one lady comes in and I'm helping out because the store owner's wife or girlfriend is starting to get mentally ill all of a sudden so I'm thinking I want to help them you know they seem like they're really in kind of getting dire straits so I said well I can help you know just for a couple of hours a week you know to give her some time off or something so I was in there, and I connected with a lot of people from all over that went in there, and I just loved it, you know. And then this lady that was a restaurant owner, she comes in, and she curses me out because I told her I'm a Falun Gong practitioner, and she said, you're the one that made that lady mentally ill. Uh-huh. And I said, wow. So I thought to myself, well, I don't fight back, right? I don't argue back, and I... I I also represent Falun Gong to her, so I'm not going to argue with her. Right. And I don't even speak Chinese that well, so mm-hmm. what am I going to say in English that, you know, I just told myself, well, just, you know, remain calm and think of her first, you know, be kind. And then um, it was over, mm-hmm. right? And then I found out who she was. She was a restaurant owner where I sometimes have gone, and then here I am, newlywed, walking in. And over the years, here I am. And then she, you know, the eyes on her was just like, wow, you mean you're, you're, you're married? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. And, and, then she, and then we go in with these kids, and they're beautiful kids. They're like, you, you have kids? And it's a boy and a girl, so, you know, that means how in Chinese. Yeah. So, you know, that means something to them, too. You know? right. And they're like, you mean you, you have kids and they're normal? They're just, you know, rubbing their uh-huh. eyes going, what? What do they expect you to be? Oh, a menace of the society oh, of some sort. Some freak of nature, I guess. And all this came from her background in China and what mm-hmm. she'd been told, yes, the propaganda? Yes, And not in China only. CCTV, uh-huh. CCTV uh, newspaper. Then, after going in there several times, several times, and uh, I will never forget... I think it was one of the last times, if not the last time, I went in there. She told my husband, you have a very nice wife. Really? And she gave my daughter a hairbreadth that was handmade from her or something like that. And you know why? Because I went in there on Falun Dafa annually day, which is May 13th. It's um, a worldwide celebration for Falun Gong. I would go to the Chinese restaurants and I would give them... Um, a lotus flower that said Falun Dafa is good and it's really beautiful and I wouldn't ask for any money or anything I would just give it to them and then like give them like some flyer in Chinese that was you know what I just told you about what happened in John on High mm-hmm. with John Zemin and, and the other misconceptions about the Tiananmen Square self-immolation so I would go around to those people and and over time I've made friends with some of these people yeah. and that and that's really what it's had to take you know you're talking about the government the military their media everything and we're still going so strong in the most peaceful way Mm -hmm. the most peaceful way we've never retaliated never set ourselves on fire 
nor would we. Mm -hmm. um, the Tiananmen Square self-immolation. It was in 2001. I just started cultivating in 2000, right? So I'm like, what? I saw it on TV. Didn't my teacher say that killing is bad mm -hmm. in lecture seven? <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty sure that means not killing yourself too, you know? I was mm -hmm. just like, what? Yeah. And, and, and it did, sure, it made me question. What am I really practicing here, right? Because, I mean, I was just gradually getting into it at that time, and I'm just like, well, what, what, it, it's what? But, I mean, I, it, the facts are right there. Do not kill in lecture seven. There's nine lectures. So, whoever they were, they were really extremists, or they were non-practitioners who were doing something. So, what is the truth, right? So, then later on it comes out what happened. And what happened is... These people were paid. It was lights, camera, and action. And even CNN said that was not our film when they said this is CNN film. And mm -hmm. um, you can see a guy, I think it's falsefire.com, all this information, or clearwisdom.com. You can see it's on the right hand side, the button there. They have this footage that they put on their TV, CCTV, in slow motion. Why was this guy who was setting himself on fire sitting there? with a, a Sprite bottle, fully not melted, not burned or anything. He's able to talk right after he just got burned himself up. The bottle's not melted. Mm -hmm. He's able to talk after he he's just was engulfed himself in flames. And why would the police officer standing there with a rag to cover him up, why would he let him talk? And then when he's finished saying a sentence, mm -hmm. put the cloth over him. You know, right. it's like, okay, it's all staged. I know Searching thousands of years One day mastery appears Be They're perfecting their PR. The self-immolation, when it happened, it was on constantly, 24 hours a day, for I don't know how long. It was just repeated. That's why I was asking you when you were in China, because yeah. I'm like, well, what did you see? What did right. you know? What did you hear? Because by the time you were there, I think, and you can tell me if mm -hmm. I'm wrong, it was like um, just a taboo thing to even talk about. Right. And they don't talk about it on the media that much. Either. I still have pictures of the propaganda on the walls that were painted of like all these guys sitting on top of each other. And I think a guy sitting at the very top who was supposed to be like the, the, the Falun Gong cult leader who was manipulating and sitting on all his followers. And, and I remember asking a student what it was and they said, we shouldn't talk about this. You know, later on I found out what it was, you know. And then of course on the money, you, keep, you find these little slogans about some of them were like positive things that Falun Gong preaches. Oh, I didn't know there was other ones. Yeah, but then, but because I think that might have actually came from Falun Gong, but then some of it was propaganda. Like it was the, the Communist Party putting on the money, I didn't know pretending that. to be Falun Gong, like, you know, we will destroy the government or, or all this. I did not but, know that. Yeah, so. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. You're nice. Saying. Well, I guess, uh, yeah, people have been sending emails to our government and to people like that, too, that, that say they're they're pretending mm -hmm. to be Falun Gong practitioners. Right. And then they would communicate with us because we're communicating with them about mm -hmm. the human rights atrocities. Um, and, and so they kind of know us mm -hmm. over time. You know, we've actually become friends with some of them, you know. And they were like, I know this wasn't you, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, we would say, no way, that wasn't us, you know. So, and I know they've gotten into Hollywood, the, the PRC, the... 
Yes. 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 They want people to not say anything bad about the Chinese Communist Party in their media and in their movies, and so they're going to change it. Because so how are they going to do that? They're going to own it. So they own AMC. Wow. Yeah, so this is mainstream media. You can you can look it up. But they uh-huh. also own I forgot the name of it, but one of the largest video game companies. Uh-huh. I had heard of incidences where you know to distribute in China the PRC would tell the Hollywood execs to change certain things that were in the movie. Yes. I, I know now that, they're doing it here. Yeah, and I know that like they allowed the third Batman film, the Christopher Nolan Batman, to mm-hmm. appear, but only with certain cuts. There was, there was the, the remake of Red Dawn, which is not very good, but the, originally it was, it was supposed to be the Chinese yeah. were the, the bad guys, and yeah. they changed it to the North Koreans, I yeah. think, or something, yeah. because of, of the pressure. Yeah. yeah, so it's becoming more and more... Uh, the infiltration is very serious. Uh, this is a Confucius Institute that's in colleges, but it's really ran by uh, the consulates, mm-hmm. and some of them have been banned in Chicago and I think in Canada, which is really, really uh, important to know that those were banned out of their schools. So to explain to folks, the Confucius Institute, they operate on American uh, non-Chinese yes. universities, yes. campuses. Yes, and they pretend to be... Um, under the phrase teaching Chinese traditional culture, but what they're really doing is since they alter the culture in China, they already altered the books, they've already altered the stories that represent the traditional culture, and so what they're doing is, you know, Confucius was a man who really laid out the, the law or the filial piety of ordinary people life to, to retain virtue, but the Communist Party takes away virtue from people. You know, Mao Zedong said, we want to, not exact words, but disharmony between heaven and earth, where the Tao is having harmony with mm-hmm. heaven and earth, but Mao is saying exact opposite. And that is what the Confucius Institute is doing. They are putting that into our children's schools, in colleges, in possibly grade schools or high schools, mm-hmm. uh, through the teachers that are hired. I know that in there's been some incidences where the Confucius Institutes on certain campuses have, as they certainly caused trouble for the free Tibet movement, and I think in some cases got them banned off a of campus because obviously Tibet is a sensitive wow. issue to the communists, you know, because they invaded it in the 50s and claim it's theirs, you know. So they've gotten Tibetan groups kicked out. Mm-hmm. That was really the beginning of, of certain universities starting to be suspicious that they were an arm of the, oh, yeah. the Communist Party, you know. I went to Flushing in Queens in 2010 or 2011, and that was when the first time I saw the Communist flags, you know, protesting outside right by where we were trying to raise awareness of persecution. And they hit us and attacked us on the streets. Yeah, we were just peacefully standing there. And we were passing out materials like we normally do. Mm-hmm. Across the street, they were shouting out in Chinese, and I was asking, what are they shouting out? Mm-hmm. And they said, we're lower than pigs or dogs. And you know how they treat their pigs and dogs in China, so you're not human. Mm-hmm. It was just terrifying to see it on American soil. Shulai, uh-huh. and he was arrested, him and his wife. Right. Right? So uh, one of the things I know about so, the And for people listening, he was a Communist Party boss 
who was looking to be the next chairman of China, mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. was all of a sudden arrested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he w- had been talking about going back to the Chairman Mao days and uh-huh. all that. So anyway. It's pretty significant that he got arrested. And yeah. uh, what I do know that he was involved with was with a German man, and I can't think of his name right now. But mm-hmm. uh, if you go to any large city, they'll have an exhibit called the Body Exhibits. And those bodies, if you can see, they're Chinese. And explain what those body exhibits are. Body exhibits is their skin is taken off and you can see inside the body. There's a mom carrying a baby. Me in the womb. Yes, yeah. right. And there's men like throwing a football or doing different things that you'd normally do in society like that at a park. And they're real bodies and it's meant to be a scientific thing. Yeah, right? yeah. And it's like plasticide so they can stay and they travel. You know, they're, they're Chinese bodies. So where did they get those bodies from? And the same is going along with the organ harvesting. There's no effective donation program. And what I mean by no effective donation program is that they didn't even have a donation program for many years until up to recently. And they, the health minister within the last five years said, we're going to stop this. But of course, they didn't stop. And they put in place a program for donating organs. But see, there's a cultural difference between the United States and China. They keep their body intact in the the burial or the cremation because they don't believe in giving an an organ to somebody else. So to say that they're devoting their whole body to science is, you know, to me in my mind and many, many people that was uh, something that was stolen. It's not volunteered to be given. now that it started the persecution of Falun Gong besides John Zinni are in jail now. There's something going on in China. Okay, say that again now. All of the high officials, like Bo Xilai. No, he was a persecutor. They, they were the ones that started the persecution. Okay. I mean, right under John Zinni. He had a, you know, he had a, had a group of people who were right. above the Communist Party that all of them are in jail now except for John Zinni. You think because of the new president? Yes, sir, I do. Okay. Now, so that would indicate... That there's a split. There's no getting around. That he's He claims to be fighting corruption, and he has, but he also has targeted his political enemies. Do you think he's partial to following them? I think that he doesn't want to be, you know, like the Nazis, be locked up after everything comes out. Because uh-huh. it is rumored that there is a split, that there are so many people that we have talked to now that really care about Falun Gong, that they side with the Falun Gong. And that, you know, it was just finally, you know, in the Newsweek and in uh, New York Times, mm-hmm. New York Times, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, posted uh, uh, something about forced organ harvesting about Falun Gong, that the winds are changing. Mm-hmm. And even though it seems louder and more brutal in China right now, there's the fear is you know less. The people are losing the fear of that control and that tyranny, and so there's constantly riots going on. It's cracking. I mean, financially, everything right. is cracking. And I mean, even the experts. I mean, I'm speaking on behalf, I guess, of, of experts. I'm not an expert, but I know what I know, and I gather together that there's a lot of changes going on. Even though 
the persecution is still happening so severely. Like, you know, one of the things is uh, from public outcry, and thank you for everybody that, that had helped in this matter, is that Lao Gai, which is the slave labor systems, according to Amnesty International, is not in existence anymore at all. So now you have black jails, and their people are in their homes, right. and they're uh, just kept there, or they're you know they're tortured in these black jails where it could be a nursing home or somewhere, and even a kids' right. school that's used, an old building is used as uh, a place where this sort of thing happens. Mm. Women are tortured, children, elderly, teachers, doesn't matter, mm. all walks of life are just treated worse than dogs. I was living in China, a native friend there, one day looked very distraught. It took some time before she trusted me enough to explain that she had just learned that her very own father was a believer in Falun Gong. This at first seemed both a great betrayal of their country, but also put their whole family at great risk. My friend has since, after seeing the positive effect on her father, become at peace with the situation, though she still must be careful. On my last visit to China, we revisited the subject in an area where luckily no one spoke English. So when did you find out about that he was a member? Actually, in China, do not have the real member of this association. Um, There's no member, no, per se? You no. just believe or you no, don't just believe? No, believe. Oh, do not believe. Mm-hmm. So firstly, he do not believe. Just like all I know about Falun Gong is from the movie when I was a child. Someone burned by themselves in front of the Tiananmen, capital of China, uh-huh. on TV. The TV report this these people burned themselves because uh-huh. they act Falun Gong. Uh-huh. And the, so they want to get into the sky or go to the heaven uh-huh. after they died because of this. And all they act this because of Go and teach them like this. So that's what the TV tells you? Yes, this that is all TV. That they children. burn themselves. And then go to heaven. So at that time, uh, the old people, maybe about 60 or 80 years old, and the young people were like the 15 or some middle school students or high school students. So all these people are burn themselves. Is it true though? We have some pictures at that time from the TV or from some newspaper. Mm-hmm. Actually, so about the political politics matter, so they so if someone burns themselves because of some political thing, then the CCTV will say, oh, they were falling gold, uh-huh, but uh-huh. maybe they weren't. Maybe they do not. Uh-huh. And also, at that time, all the people, all the Chinese, are practice the Falun Gong, mm-hmm. and the Chinese government will think it's out of control. They just follow by Falun Gong instead of the government. Firstly, it's not illegal. Yeah. So later, after they burn themselves, then the government has very strictly clean up on the Falun Gong. Mm. So um, all the people uh, in China will catch them or breathe of the Falun Gong. Mm. Because at that time, the people are so naive, and a lot of the countryside people exercise like the Falun Gong teach, and the government think this is out of control. And also, at that time, people are so naive. All the information they got come from TV. So all my relatives, uh, all my grandma will think about this. They said, okay, Falun Gong is so bad that they will teach us to burn ourselves. 
because TV at that time is a uh, seems like the only way or most popular way to transfer the news to the countryside people. And as you know, the China countryside people takes a large amount of the China population. So a lot of the Chinese countryside people think, oh, Falun is not good, so it's illegal. And, and at that time, the government has said, okay, we will arrest Li Hongzhi, who is the master of the Falun Gong. So all the information we get now is Li Hongzhi has escaped, has escaped to America. And in American, it is legal. So just one time, I worked in and I go back to my home now. And my dad talked to me and said, okay, I will teach you about four sentences. And you need to uh, read it often, no matter where you are. And this verse will keep you good luck and will, and he will protect you always. So I will say it's in Chinese. Okay. Uh, okay. And this is all my dad asked me to read this always. Almost every time he called me, it means truth, kindness, and mercy are all good. And Falun Gong is good too. The Lao, R A W, will control all this world. World. And all the bad things were gone out. Mm. And my dad, do you really believe this four sentence can bring me good luck and good, especially when I go like abroad people. alone? Oh. How did he find out about this? How did he learn? Uh, about you know, he just addicted about. It's not addicted. He just liked the Falun Gong. So, mm. it's not he found this Falun Gong along or separately. Mm. He was taught by some other people who is in this Falun Gong Association mm. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Most people are staring. <laughs> yeah. So the people have told my father that this verse can keep you and your family uh. good. So he teach me say this. Uh. So they don't uh, have meetings or, or anything like that? Maybe they will have meetings, but I don't know. Because sometimes my dad's book about that are given by some other people. Oh. Then if they do not have the meeting, how the book come out? So does he hide the book? Mm, just in his bed. Oh. In his bed, and no other people would tell you that. Mm. Sometimes he cannot sleep well, and he said he read the book and will come down. in America yeah. and uh, so when I go back then I told my dad said this my dad is so happy and he said oh this is cool and so this is legal and the Chinese government is so bad because America is so good and it's even legal in America and why not can be China then how China government can do this so China government is so bad it's too bad <laughs> Thank you.
folks want to find out more, obviously there's websites. What would you direct them to first? The main website is www.falundafa.org. Okay, how do you spell that? F-A-L-U-N-D-A-F-A.org. Okay, good. Thank you. You're welcome. In the Corner Back by the Woodpile podcast is produced by a closet, a pocket, and a suitcase. You can email us at spuncounterguy at hotmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at spuncounterguy. And if you'd like to see a list of former episodes of In the Corner Back by the Woodpile, go to spuncounterguy.com and click on the pictures of piles of wood with chairs in front. Be sure to download the new Podbean app to hear this podcast and others on your tablet and smartphone. And we are now on iTunes. Just do a search for Back by the Woodpile on the iTunes store, and we should pop up. And a special thanks to thebrofisticate.com. <laughs>